Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the show. I'm really excited you're here. Today we are going to talk about stress and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. I feel like stress is something that I've been stressed out about (laughs) in my life in that I think I didn't fully understand it. I didn't understand the role that it had into or throughout my life and the ways that I could identify times when it was good and I could befriend it and then the times when it was too much and you know we'll talk a little bit about chronic and it lasted too long Uh, and then it had some negative consequences. I think we hear stress such as like this buzzword and I'm excited to break it down a little bit with you um, thinking about it maybe in a different way understanding also you know the realities of what it is Um, and my hope, I guess, with this episode is that you come out of this one, you know, noticing if there's things that are really stressing you out and understanding that difference of like, is it the good? Is it the bad? And then, um, potentially ways to remedy those moments. And I think if there's any takeaway at all, it's really feeling compassion for yourself and the experience of stress because I think it's become this huge thing in society that personally I experienced of like oh my god it's not good to be stressed out and I felt shame towards my stress and even though we also live in a society where it's super rewarded to be high on cortisol and go 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 all the time I will talk a little bit about my story and the role that stress has played in my life, but first, um, let's kind of get on the same page. Um, What is stress? So it's a natural, physical, and psychological response to a challenging situation, event, could be so many different things. Um, It's obviously a normal part of everyday life, and what I find fascinating about stress is that our brain doesn't differentiate whether we're actually experiencing the stressful situation or if we're imagining it. And so real stress or perceived stress feels the same in our body and has some of the same effects. The flip side of that is it works for other emotions as well, right? So Our brain doesn't know if we're actually feeling love or if we're thinking about feeling love. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But so when we experience stress, what happens? Our body's response is to release different types of hormones, one of them being cortisol, which I'm sure you've heard of, and that helps us prepare to respond for the, whether it's an actual threat or that perceived threat by having a fight or flight response, which I'm sure you've again heard of. And that uh, comes from when we used to be hunters and when there was an animal that was about to charge at us, we needed that kind of response. It can also be a very short-term experience. So 
An example might be while public speaking or let's say you've got a big client meeting or you're meeting your partner's parents. There can be so many different situations where that is a short-term experience and it can also be long-term and eventually become chronic, which is basically like a sustained Um, I guess, exposure to whether it's a demanding situation or just that amount of um, having the fight or flight response over and over and over and over. And so that's when it becomes problematic. So if you learn anything today, (laughs) short amount of short-term stress is good, can be a really good thing, can push us to get things done. It used to make sure that we would get food by hunting in this way. Um, chronic stress though, is when it's obviously not good. And we'll talk about what happens. So what happens when we feel that short term stress physically in the body, I'm sure you've all felt it, but sometimes your palms get really sweaty. Uh, you might have your heart racing. Some people might get stomach aches. You might not be able to sleep. You might develop anxiety or feel really anxious and nervous. Uh, some people get brain fog. There are so many things that might happen as a result of that. And so when we're in that experience of feeling stress, our body is going to respond by releasing hormones, one of them being cortisol. And that helps us prepare to respond for the perceived or the real threat. Um, And cortisol is this hormone that's produced by the adrenal glands without going into too much detail, but that comes out in response to stress. It helps us regulate um, our metabolism, our blood sugar levels, and sometimes also our blood pressure. I'm sure you've heard of the team, the term adrenal fatigue, um, that constant feeling of being really completely depleted. And that's the result of what happens physically in our body when we have chronic stress. And so when that cortisol hormone is continuously being produced, we're draining out our our adrenals. And this is why we're literally feeling drained. Like we have no energy. Um, Like we're completely depleted. Like we're tired all the time, no matter how much sleep and rest we're getting. And it can also manifest itself with things um, like I personally experience, which are gut issues. And so What happens when we're in continuous chronic stress is that our non-essential systems that are happening in our body start to turn off to make sure that we're not going in overdrive and that we have enough energy for the other things. And a way that it manifested for me personally being um, under chronic stress for such a long time was that my stomach acid... Um, stopped producing enough so that um, I could break down foods properly. I'm going in the very basic, but just giving you an understanding that long-term there are a lot of things that have been affected and that I'm just continuously uh, peeling back the layers as to what's going on with the different health issues that I've had. And it's crazy how every single one of them points back to stress and my response to stress. Long-term, it can also lead to hormonal imbalances, uh, mainly, for example, insulin resistance, uh, which is so interesting because when you study like blood sugar levels and 
um, the combination of what you can actually do to stabilize your blood sugar levels, like just in terms of your intake of protein and different things that I'll mention again at the end. It's beautiful to see that actually that can really, really help in reducing your physiological stress that your body is feeling, your physical symptoms. Um, and then there's other things that I'm sure you've experienced before, but when we're more stressed out, we crave sugar and high carbs. And again, due to that insulin resistance. So going back also to, um, briefly what I touched on in terms of actual stress versus perceived stress, I have loved, uh, looking at the, at stress through the lens of our mind and this amazing book, Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender by David Hawkins, which I'm like reading continuously, um, talks about the fact that the stress we respond to from the outside. So let's say you're stuck in traffic and somebody's honking at you and you freak out at them. It's actually a result of the stress that we hold on to on the inside. And he talks about the law of consciousness and how we're, on, we're subject only to what we hold in our mind. And what's stressful to us is actually completely subjective. It talks about how a negative thought now going beyond stress, but automatically or instantly weakens our body and creates an imbalance of our, of our energy flow from within. And so his whole practice and the whole book is about letting go and seeing that when you're surrendering these negative thoughts or belief systems or whatever or that stress they no longer have the power to deplete your energy and your body truly responds to what you believe in and so if you believe that you're stressed out 24 7 and that everything is stressful and that you're just in a crazy stressful situation and that this thing is bad for you and blah 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 then your body is going to respond that way. And so that's where he says that what is stressful to us really is subjective because we experience our own thoughts and feelings and beliefs. And I love this quote from the book um, that I want to share. He says, all that we experience are our own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs projected onto the world actually causing what we see to happen so let's break that down a little bit yes of course there is you know really maybe different levels of stressful situations and that regardless of what's going on with you from the inside when a very traumatic event happens you might have a certain reaction but if we look at that statement really looking at the day-to-day things like traffic and yeah somebody cutting you off um somebody being late um to a meeting that you were that they were that you're waiting for them uh or you know you're meeting a friend for coffee and they're late um what are like those little things that you get really really frustrated by and it's so interesting to me because when i was in that moment of high chronic stress Though there's so many things that I could list you that would just drive me insane. And it is because I was holding so many things inside and I didn't have the time or the energy to release those things. And therefore, it was, you know, whatever external thing was coming at me, 
was just this huge trigger to just freak out and just release what I had been continuously pushing down. So um, I hope that was helpful, I guess, um, to just kind of understand um, the different aspects and the different ways that we can look at stress. But I want to tell you a little bit about my story and my personal, I guess, reflective or reflections on my relationship with stress and the role that it's played in my life. Um, the earliest signs of it that I can remember are I ran track and field in high school. Um, I loved it. It was such a beautiful like community sport, even though it's an individual sport because you're running on your own. Um, however, I would get so incredibly stressed and nervous and anxious before going. And I remember feeling before the gun would go off that would just completely paralyze me almost. And what's so interesting is that basically what happened right before a race, so that is perceived stress, I would picture that moment and then run to a trash can and throw up because my body physically couldn't take it. It wasn't in the moment feeling that stress, right? Like then I would do that and then I would come be on the uh, starting line and the gun would go off and I'd just go and I'd run. Um, Another time that this happened and again, it physically manifested through just my body like releasing. Uh, I was in, also in high school, a part of um, the forensics team and it was, uh, there was a bunch of different um, competitions that you could do within it, but I was a part of, uh, sales speeches, which is really funny now looking back. Um, and it was a beautiful experience. It, I was petrified of public speaking. It gave me so much confidence with it. It was such an amazing practice at such a young age of doing that. And I'm so grateful I did. And again, that idea of public speaking was just so, so scary to me that I would, um, yeah, just like be shaking like crazy before. Sometimes I would really, really feel that panic and that stress during, and I would just forget all my words. And like, there is a few that a few moments that I remember, I was just like sitting there, like, because they, we had to like memorize all of our lines and I would just forget everything and go completely blank. Oh my God. That makes me like cringe inside thinking back about that time. Um, But those were experiences of, yes, it was stress and it was short-term stress. And I think it was also building blocks for becoming more stress resilient because I really believe that we can do that. And then the other, the next level or stage that I can think of in my life is around college. Um, When I was a part of this organization called Enactus, where we organized uh, social enterprise projects and we at the end of, um, it's a global, global, um, organization. So this was in the UK. I lived, um, I did my undergrad in the UK at the time and it was in front of quite a lot of people. And we had to, um, I mean, depending on where we got in the stages that we got to, but we had to prep. It was a lot, a lot of work. And I remember, um, so I was in college at the time. I was probably what, 1920, something like that. And I would get this splitting migraine, like horrible migraine the week before that event. And it would happen every day at 4 p.m. And 
it was like, all right, it's, it was like clockwork, almost expecting it. Like, all right, it's time to turn everything off. Like I couldn't have any sound. If you've ever had a migraine, you know what this, like what I'm describing. Um, but I couldn't have any light, any sound. The only thing that I could eat was a little bit of rice and it was horrible. And it happened like for five days in a row at the same time. And so I was like, okay, something's going on. I need to go see the nurse and I need to go get, you know, something. And what's so funny is that the nurse was like, okay, um, well, let's talk a little bit. And she asked me, she was like, you know, have you ever like thought about your relationship with stress? And I looked at her like, listen, lady, you have no idea what you're talking about. I just need like a really strong version of ibuprofen or whatever it is to get rid of this migraine. Cause I used to in high school, actually, I was prescribed, I was under prescribed medication for my migraines. Um, so they started young and she was like looking at me and thinking like, Hey, maybe there's another reason for this. And maybe there's a root cause. Like she didn't use those words. And it's so funny looking at it now, because now, you know, I would never want to take any of these things, uh, to get, even when I do have a headache, I don't take anything. And so back then, because of learned behaviors, the only thing that I knew was like, just give me a pill that it's going to make this go away. And you know, that's the only solution. Like, what are you talking about? And she also suggested, she was like, you know, maybe you can talk to the college, um, psychologist about what's going on and the things that you're feeling and the overwhelming sensation that maybe the migraine is being caused by. And I just remember again, looking at her saying like, no, 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 you don't understand. The other way that, um, I think, uh, stress manifested itself is I would get sick a lot and I would get sick a lot in moments of rest, which I'm sure you've experienced. Like when you're go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden you have like I don't know, a long, a weekend off or a longer time off and you just get sick right away because your body has been so high on cortisol and then you're giving it time to rest and it's like, oh, thank you. Let me just release everything and actually, yeah, have that immune response. One way that, um, how that recently manifested actually is that I got super sick after our wedding uh, in France this summer. So um, we, I've talked a little bit about this, but we left um, Sausalito in July last year, or end of June, and then uh, spent the month of France in July to plan the wedding and then got married early August and then stayed in Europe and traveled until we came back here in October. And in so I left my previous uh role at the company that I created in June and then I had an awesome trip in Miami um and then we got married in our civil wedding in the U.S. in San Francisco where my sister and Rose's parents came and then after that I flew to France prepped the wedding for a month it was like go 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 I also had um I'll a lot of amazing events, like one of my friend's bachelorettes. And then, um, yeah, we 
did our wedding and then went on a honeymoon and then I got home and I was like let me just be sick for a week so I think it's just the body's way of also releasing which if we have the time to rest and restore in that moment then that's great and what I experienced and the reason I fell into getting chronic stress with my role my previous role um, as a startup founder is that I was under continuous pressure. I never, when I, when I had those moments of like, okay, let me, when I had those moments of feeling like I was going to be sick, I would just, you know, figure it out, power through. And I thought that was the way that powering through was like what you were supposed to do. And I would just go, go, go and keep on going, keep on going. I, uh, the pandemic was like the height of my burnout and I remember I would crave sugar like crazy which really wasn't a thing for me because I've always craved things more like I don't know crackers and cheese and more on a salty side and I would wake up every day and go get a pastry and a coffee and like a chocolate like a bon chocolat or something and there was times where Ro would be like again like really like And I was like, I was first of all so frustrated by that judgment because I didn't know what was happening and why I was craving this thing so much. And it was just the only thing that was kind of keeping me afloat in the moments of crazy stress. Um, Anyway, fast forward, it really got to a point where my stress became a burnout because uh, my adrenals were completely depleted. Another sign that I didn't know back then, but I would, so I ran uh, marathons or half marathons um, every year until COVID. And I was actually signed up for one for COVID, my fifth, it would have been my fifth one. And then it got canceled, which I remember when I went to go see my Cinder Healy, she, ah, my healer Cindy, she was like, oh, I'm so happy that got canceled because it you really, really, really need that rest. And one of the ways that it it was manifesting throughout the uh, training for that marathon is that I was exhausted after a run. I'm talking like a 10K run on the weekend, which wasn't that much for what what my body was used to in terms of training. I would need to sleep like three hours afterwards. I was so exhausted which again was just a sign that my adrenals were completely depleted. The thing though is I was so overwhelmed by stress and one of the ways that I knew how to release it was to run. And so I was like stuck in this cycle uh, until one of the first practitioners that I worked with was like, hey, why don't you try going on walks? Um, And actually by the time I was working with her, I became super sedentary, like sudden, sudden sedentary I'm sorry English is my second language I don't know how to say that word but I started doing a lot less exercise because I was getting so depleted from it and I was so tired I yeah wasn't exercising as much even though it's something that has always been a part of my life and something that I've been yeah that's been amazing at releasing um, stress in the past I just needed to adapt for a little while, the way that my relationship with burning the stress 
and letting go because working out is a really healthy way of releasing stress. That's a great option. However, when you're under that chronic stress, the 45-minute Peloton boot camp isn't going to be helpful because it's just going to completely deplete you of energy. And what it's awesome to see now as I'm slowly continuing in this healing journey is that I my body is craving more of that intensity because my adrenals are feeling great and they're full of love and they're they're just happy and not depleted. And I think the other big thing about the role that stress has played in my life is that I've been completely addicted to it. Um, I'm reading this other amazing book called The Craving Mind by Judson Brewer. Highly recommend. And cortisol is addictive. Like it's something that we love that are that we we completely love. There is no surprise we're addicted to coffee and go, 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 and that we're in a society that also rewards that. And so we like that kind of hit and feeling when we get rewarded for being productive all the time and going, going, going. And so I think the other part of this is that I equated my sense of self-worth with being really productive and stress and high cortisol helped me be really productive, which therefore gave me the reward of you're productive, you're worthy, you're doing great. So here you go. Some more reward hits and, and feel good hormones. Um, so that's a little bit about where I'm at with the understanding of how it's played a role in my life and how today I'm really looking at when it comes out, whether it's through heart palpitations or those sweaty palms or you know, a moment of being really triggered, I ask myself, all right, what's going on? And very often I can see that there is an emotion I didn't let arise. There is um, something that is really inside of me that is in need of being released. And so that can be done through going for a walk, through meditating, through breath work, through so many different things. Um, there's also some signs that I didn't know would have pointed to being stressed and maybe having chronic stress. Um, and so I want to share some of those with you. One of them is being having no appetite. That is clearly a sign of, again, low stomach acid, which the root cause of can very much be stress. Uh, we talked about being constantly exhausted. Uh, another, and this is for my menstruating ladies, but having really heavy and painful periods or high PMS, like looking back at your cycle and at months where you were really, really stressed and then seeing how you felt in your body during that time, very often there is a link. Um, sleep, whether it's a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. Um, low libido can also be um, a sign of stress. And then things like extreme mood, extreme mood swings or anxiety, uh, which are the more obvious signs. And then, so let's talk about some remedies to those. Let's say you're finding yourself in a situation where you're feeling really, really stressed. Um, I think the first step is 
showing yourself compassion and love and understanding that it's okay to be feeling whatever you're feeling right now and what are the ways that maybe you can find what are the tools that you can add to your toolbox to release some of those things and so it might be looking at your life and thinking all right I do way too much this is this is just too much and is there anything that I can take away for some of us it might be possible for some of us it might not and I think the other big part of the work there is then what are the thoughts that are happening in my mind that are making me feel completely overwhelmed and like this is too much is there a way that my thought patterns are making this more overwhelming than it can be knowing what we now know about the fact that there is real stress and perceived stress the other aspect is really doing the inner work with you know stress and trauma and releasing all those things which mindfulness is a beautiful way to do that um my oh my gosh she this so I used insight timer as the meditation app and it's a free app um you can donate and support some of the teachers on there if you want to um there's different like premium options but you can also just use it for free and Sarah Blondin on there oh my god I'll add the link to the show notes when I was in the midst of my burnout those she does like a beautiful mix of poems with meditation and breathing and even when I was in the midst really of the chronic burnout I didn't have five minutes to myself there was just no time whether I felt like I didn't have that time I didn't create that time I didn't have it doesn't matter there was just no time and so what I would do first thing waking up is do they have a daily insight and it's Uh, it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And so I would do the five minute one and just having five minutes would completely change the rest of my day. Um, there's sometimes where I would do it like in between calls if I was really not feeling good. And I think that leads me back to like, how can we create times where we give space to our mind, whether it's just taking super, super small breaks, like going on a five minute walk saying like, you know what? I'm just going to go around the block. That's all I'm going to do. The amounts of times that when we lived in San Francisco and in the city, I would just walk around the block. That's all. That's all I had time for. I had five minutes and that's what I would do. And that was great. And that was such a big piece of helping me release um, that stress and just coming back to myself. Another big thing that I'm a huge proponent of and that has helped me greatly is therapy. Um, I would not be where I am today without the work of waking up and being conscious and I think there's so many things that yeah my eyes are just open to um thanks to this work and then there is we talked about exercise so what's the right amount of exercise that's something that you can you and only you know for yourself um there is a boundary there between where exercise is energy giving and when it's energy taking and when we're in really high levels of stress uh, that's when it's important to pay attention to that 
And then anything else that can really help your body come into that parasympathetic mode, uh, whether it's, we talked a little bit about breath work or any energy healing. If you can receive some Reiki, Insight Timer also has some beautiful uh, Reiki meditations. Um, you can do sound healing, yoga nidra, bringing you into that space between sleep and awake is just amazing holding crystals that have energy, um, anything that might, yeah, help get you there. Um, stimulating the vagus nerve is another great one. You can do that through dry brushing, through putting some essential oils, uh, right behind, right under your, your, right on your neck. Um, I love doing the mint essential oil that really like stimulates your vagus nerve. And then we talked a little about this at the beginning, but managing your blood sugar levels. Oh my gosh, go get yourself the book, The Glucose Revolution, because that on its own is going to help. And one of the things that I was doing actually in my burnout is that I was also vegetarian. I was not, there's beautiful ways to be vegetarian and it's just not something that worked for me. I did it for six years. I didn't do it well. I wasn't really paying attention to my protein intake and I wasn't having enough protein. And now that I have protein every morning for breakfast, it literally has changed everything in terms of my blood sugar levels. And another thing is eating within one hour of waking up within 30 minutes is awesome, but sometimes that's not possible. Other little thing I do is having apple cider vinegar before any of my meals, um, making sure that I have a combination of fiber and fat with the protein And then another thing that can really help is going on a short walk uh, briefly after. Again, check out the Glucose Goddess and the the Glucose Revolution book. Um, It's pretty amazing and there's so many great resources on there. So we talked a lot about a lot of different things. Um, There's one thing I want to leave you with. We talked a little bit about reward-based happiness and there is this I'm referencing so many books um but I already referenced it the craving mind he talks about um a book that he read called in this very life and in that book it says in their quest for happiness people mistake excitement for the of the mind in their quest for happiness people mistake excitement of the mind for real happiness we get excited when we hear good news, we start a new relationship, we ride a roller coaster. Somewhere in human history, we were conditioned to think that the feeling we get when dopamine fires in our brain equals happiness. We can be reasonably sure that the anticipation of reward isn't happiness. And this is so interesting because I think there's such a relationship between a stress created or stress living I think there's such a relationship between our culture of stress is great let's go 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 let's keep going because of that productivity hit that we get or the reward from the being productive that we get and I work with different clients and I often hear this oh you know I feel like shit today because I wasn't productive what is that what's the core of that And maybe asking ourselves, okay, when we do get a reward, what does it actually feel like? How long does that feeling last for? And does it fix whatever 
we had happen in the first place? Does it actually make us happy? So I think there's really something about looking at our relationship with stress, looking at the short-term stress, the things that, the good ways that, you know, you're nervous before a big meeting because you're really excited. You put in a ton of work and you are, yeah, excited to see it through. And that also creates a little stress and it creates you having done a really good job for that meeting. That's great. And when can we notice when it's consistent, when we're always feeling that way, when we're super irritable, when we just have so much perception, when we have so much going on inside of us that any small trigger just makes us derail uh, because of all the stress that we're holding inside and looking at where that comes from, looking at how our looking at healthy ways to release that and at the end of the day to be wanting to come home to ourselves and to want to at the end of the day being able to differentiate that and notice when when the stress is getting too much and becoming aware of that and then again using the tools whether it's tools that you've got in your toolbox or some of the different tools that I shared today to be able to come back to that parasympathetic, that calm, that rest and digest. And one of the things that I didn't mention, but we call it rest and digest for a reason, and it's so important that while we are eating, we take a few breaths and really, really come back to that calm state to be able to digest things well and for our gut health to work the way that it's meant to for our digestion to do its thing for our rest and digest all right friends that's all for today i hope that this painted a picture of the role that stress has played in my life and yeah you know i'm still unraveling it and working to befriend it and to live a life that I love and a life with stress because stress is going to be here. That's it for this week, friends. Stay around for the well-being tip of the week and I'll see you soon. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to rate and review, that really helps the show and helps other people find out about it. All right, now for this week's well-being tip of the week. This week's well-being tip is to check in with the role that stress plays in our life. Is there a place in your calendar where you can just schedule 5-10 minutes and ask yourself, what role does stress play in my life? Check in on whether that stress is right in front of you or if it's perceived stress. And then is there any internal stress that's continuing to build up, causing you to get triggered when those things from the outside or external world come? I'm sending you so much love and light your way as you go through these questions for this week's well-being tip. Thanks and see you next week.